Hey guys, it's Simmon. This is Wrestling Unlimited as it's Friday and this is the Wrestling Wrap-Up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. Now as far as today's show does go, we do have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10-ish stories. We've got our G1 update. And our SmackDown preview, because remember, tonight is Friday Night SmackDown. As far as the stories we're going to talk about tonight, WWE and AEW, they're apparently reportedly both being sued for plagiarism. We got some new matches being reported for AEW All In. The Young Bucks maybe have gotten some sort of a historic contract from AEW. We got AEW injury news and so much more because again this is the wrestling wrap-up every monday and friday morning right here live or later depending on how you want to watch or listen youtube or twitch or podcast services all around the globe remember you can watch or listen a number of different ways whether that's live on twitch twitch.tv forward slash pw unlimited live or later on youtube youtube.com forward slash pro wrestling unlimited or listening on podcast services all around the globe like stitcher spotify google pod app pod anchor iHeartRadio, radio and so much more Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits or a super chat. No hype chat in the Twitch live chat. A hype chat is just like a YouTube super chat. It highlights your message in the um, in the chat. Everyone sees it. We see it and we read it live on the air. Also, you can subscribe to the channel one of two different ways. You can subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe just like hurricane bob just did with amazon prime because remember if you have amazon prime then you have prime gaming all you gotta do is take that amazon prime account you take that twitch account you link them together bada bing bada boom your prime gaming and remember it doesn't even have to be your amazon prime account it can be anybody's amazon prime account whether that's your mother your father your brother your sister your grandma your grandpa your auntie your uncle anybody 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 anybody's amazon Prime account. Also, remember to head over to YouTube, hit that join button, and become a channel member. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store, buy or claim something. Whether you're buying a new game like Remnant 2 or The Expanse, a Telltale series, maybe you're getting Ratchet and Clank a Rift Apart on PC because you never played it on PS5. Use our code right here, PWUnlimited, at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Heck, claim the free games. Right now it is Bloons TD6 and Loop Hero. Haven't played Bloons TD6, but I can tell you, Loop Hero is great, great, great. Claim those games and use our code, PWUNLIMITED, for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. Next week's free games will be... Europa Universals 4 and Orwell Keeping an Eye on You. Haven't heard of either of those, but I'll check them out for sure because they're free. And then I'll use this code when I do. But with that, as far as the news does go, bring to a new report from Mike Johnson over at PW Insider. Both WWE and AEW are being sued for plagiarism. What? It reads as followed. A lawsuit was filed against both WWE and AEW yesterday in the United States District Court, Northern District of Ohio, Youngstown, by Anthony Dwan. Uh, Anthony Dwan 
I hope I said that name, Duan Wilson. I hope I said that right. Who has accused each company of plagiarism, market damages, product damages, personal damages, and financial damages. Although the specifics are not specifically explained in the filing, much of which was handwritten, Wilson alleged that WWE, its contractors, and employees have on multiple dates used my creative works without permission, infringing on my wrestling gimmicks, names, slogans, and likenesses. Wilson, who alleges that he was going to start his own promotion and spoke with both, quote, members of the Bullet Club to join me in the venture of starting my company, end quote. Instead, without breaking down specifics, who alleges, quote, they stole the plans from me and my social media pages and cut me out without giving credit or the portion I am entitled to as the creator, end quote. In the lawsuit, Wilson claimed the situation has caused him, quote, market damages, product damages, personal damages, financial damages. WWE and AEW are still using infringing works of mine, claiming they created these things and are not crediting me or paying for them, many of which are not for sale. This will follow me my entire career. This has cost me work outside of professional wrestling and inside professional wrestling. These things have cost me have cost me fans an income and an income. Several of these infringements were done maliciously to damage my reputation and career, attempting to embarrass me or waste my time. I'm writing. I'm a writer and professional wrestler. My creative works are my livelihood. From my research, I was informed if you cut out an original partner or the creator control of the company belongs to the exiled party. I'm seeking control of AEW and removal of stolen works, a public apology and a financial settlement from damages. My works and career will see until I retire. WWE board chair, WWE stock for freelance work and business tactics of mine. Return all, return all ships and plunder. Neither WWE nor AEW have, uh, have been served as of this writing. Wilson is seeking $250,000 in damages as well as apparently all ships and plunder, whatever that means. Should this lawsuit move forward, PW Insider will continue to update. So with that, I don't think there's anything here. I don't know who this guy is. Who's Anthony Dwan Wilson? I don't even know who he is. Never heard of him. And he's over here saying that he was going to start his own wrestling company and talk to two Whoever in the Bullet Club he talked to about starting it with him, and they stole all his ideas. Now, when did you talk to these people? That's the big question. Did he talk to these people in 2018? Has he talked to these people since 2019? When did he talk to these people in the Bullet Club? And what did they actually steal from him? He says that they stole... Um, they infringed on his wrestling gimmicks, names... Slogans and likenesses. Now, how did they infringe on his likenesses? I don't even know what this guy looks like. I don't even know what his likeness is. But this is a crazy one. This is a funny one. This is a wild one. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Like Mike Johnson even says, should the lawsuit move forward, we'll keep you updated. So, I mean, it's such a joke that Johnson even makes fun here saying, Wilson is seeking $250,000 in damages as well as 
all ships and plunder. Like, what the hell is that even? Ah, I want the return of all ships and plunder. Huh? The return of all ships and plunder? What? What the hell does that even mean? So, I thought this was a funny one that I was going to bring to you guys just to lighten your day. Give you guys all a chuckle and a laugh and a ha-ha. Because this is just somebody else trying to benefit off of successful companies where you got no leg to stand on. It's like the people that were trying to sue WWE that the music was too loud at WrestleMania 38 in Dallas and it caused me to have ear problems and hearing problems. Like, what? No, you know when you go to a wrestling show, no matter where you sit, it gonna be loud. They said they were seated too close to speakers and it damaged their hearing. So, yeah. I don't know what this is all about. It's just another one of these lawsuits that gets thrown at WWE in hopes of a settlement so it goes away, but nothing's really going to come of it. But there we go. Also, it's weird that he says here in the lawsuit, I'm seeking control of AEW and removal of stolen works. Like, you want them to give you AEW? Uh, huh? Yeah. Dwayne Sweetney uh, in, the, in the YouTube chat says it perfectly. Money grab. Of course. We see so many of these kind of lawsuits thrown at WWE. I haven't seen one at AEW before, but we see so many of these lawsuits thrown at WWE, whether it is from fans, stockholders, former wrestlers, former wrestlers saying, oh, I'm hurt now. I used to wrestle for you way back in the day, and that's when my injury started, but now I need money and I'm hurt now, so I'm lawyering up to get some money from you. Like It's one of those kind of lawsuits that is going to go nowhere, should go nowhere, and means nothing other than a laugh. But as we move forward, let me give me two seconds to pull something up on the screen. Because we do have a slight update-ish kind of whatever pertaining to um the stage setup for SummerSlam. For some reason, this video I have is not wanting to pull up on the screen all of a sudden. So give me just like 10 seconds maybe to pull this up and then we'll be all good to go. Actually, I'm going to do it a different way. Hold on. You know what? This might work. This might just work. Uh, this button. And I would have to do this. Okay. Well, I think this is going to work. So SummerSlam taking place tomorrow. And we haven't seen or really heard much of what the stage setup is going to be and what it's going to look like, but we did get a video of what that's going to look like. And I do have that right here. So this is from inside Ford Field from yesterday. And I, I'm sorry if it's a little blurry, but there's the stage or there's the um, ring being set up. And this is all from yesterday. But as we go forward, here's what's more important right there. Boom. This setup looks very similar to Money in the Bank. Looks very similar to Backlash. And I believe this may be the new premium live event setup going forward for WWE because it maximizes seating. You get as many floor seats as you can with a smaller condensed stage setup. So it seems as if 
There's going to be some sort of an entrance here where the wrestlers are going to come out. They're going to walk down. They're going to turn towards the ring. And there we go. Just like we've been seeing at so many other premium live events here recently. But I just wanted to bring that little quick hit to you guys. Pertaining to SummerSlam. Take place tomorrow. Yeah, SummerSlam is tomorrow. And one wrestler that people keep asking, could they return to SummerSlam? Could they return to SummerSlam is Bray Wyatt. We've heard no. And Mike Johnson of PW Insider does have another slight update on Bray Wyatt as he writes the following. We've been asked a lot about Bray Wyatt since there's something of an assumption he could return this weekend. With the whole timing of SummerSlam. If Wyatt is, well, there's been no indication internally that it is happening that we've heard of, and I personally would not expect it. PWInsider.com has been told by numerous sources that Wyatt has been out with a health issue, and until he is cleared to return, and there is no indication that that is even on the horizon, he will obviously, he obviously can't appear. There's been some online discussions, perhaps, that Wyatt's disappearance is because of Vince McMahon's return to the company, but we have been, to- we have been adamantly told by numerous sources There is no connection there. We are told that Wyatt not returning is a byproduct of the company being very, very careful with his health. So again, we still don't know what this health issue is for Bray Wyatt, but he is dealing with some sort of an illness that is keeping him out of action, that is keeping him away from the ring, that is keeping him from not being able to get back to WWE right now. It is very unfortunate, but... You got to keep his health and well-being in check, and that is number one. You don't want to bring him back early when he's not ready, and then something happened to him, whether he's traveling to a show, whether he's at a show, whether he's in the ring. You can't risk it. You don't want to risk it. Nuh-uh. You wait till he's good. You wait till he's cleared. You wait till he's better, and he's ready to go. But as far as... WWE news does go. Drew McIntyre recently spoke about a potential heel turn. I thought this was very interesting, him saying he's not interested. But Drew McIntyre doesn't want to turn heel in WWE unless the idea makes, quote, perfect sense. While being interviewed by Stay Busy with Amar Sadler. Ahead of the SummerSlam event tomorrow night, McIntyre was asked about his future goals in WWE, where McIntyre stated the following. Staying on the path I'm on right now. I just want to make sure I'm get I get in interesting and compelling stories. It's cool coming out and getting these cheers. People are happy to see Drew. But I always want to be in something interesting that gets you emotionally invested as well. I know there was a period where I was doing that. And thankfully, I got back into it when I got the when I got with Sheamus and leading into the, into the triple threat. But I want to make sure we keep evolving. Keep adding layers to the character. Keep doing all the cool things I get to do outside of the ring and get that title reign in front of fans finally. The character itself, I'm willing to go any direction. That's going to be interesting. I know people are calling for a heel turn, but I'm not willing to do that unless it makes perfect sense. You know, we've got a lot of equity in McIntyre. When I show up at places like Special Olympics and see the effect WWE and McIntyre has on people, I can't. I can understand John Cena's perspective of not turning for so long. And he was on such a higher level. 
and did so much out of the ring. But I can understand where he comes from. But for me right now, but for the right time, the right moment, and if it was entertaining for the fans, I would be about it. One of my favorite runs outside of the company was as a heel. And when that dark side comes out, it's pretty dark. So basically, Drew is saying, yeah, I'm not opposed to turning heel, but look at all the great things I get to do as a baby face. I get to do the Special Olympics stuff. I get to do all the other things that comes in with that. He mentions John Cena. So it's probably saying, you know, make-a-wish things as well. You don't really get to do all that as a heel because you got to keep that persona up. You have to keep that, what's the word I'm looking for? You have to keep that um, character engaging and when you're doing baby face things outside of wrestling or outside of you know television people go hold on aren't i supposed to hate you why are you doing things that i like so we'll see where it all does lead to we'll see what happens with drew mcintyre he's facing gunter tomorrow for the intercontinental title but i don't think he wins the belt so i'm adding a wwe story here to the lineup because uh, we got some breaking news we now know why Robert Roode is in town for SummerSlam. Yeah, we now know why. Robert Roode. Let me add this to my lineup and my notes. We'll get right into it. Give me two seconds here. I just want to pull something up to clarify this news. because I was sent a link, but uh, the link is not to the source, and I want to claim and accredit the actual source. So give me just one last second here. Okay. So yesterday news did come out that Robert Roode or Bobby Roode, whatever you want to call him, is in town for SummerSlam, is in Detroit. That news did come from Mike Johnson of PW Insider. And Mike Johnson does have an update on that stating, quote, as PWInsider.com broke yesterday, Robert Roode is in town in Detroit for SummerSlam. In asking around today, we are told he will be helping out as a producer and will also be at Raw on Monday in that role. Rude last wrestled for WWE in late 2022 and has undergone several neck surgeries since the time. So there we go. We now know why Bobby Rude is in town for SummerSlam. Because Bobby Rude is getting a look as a producer, which I love. Bobby Rude has such a great mind for professional wrestling. And for him to now work as a producer with WWE, for him to be helping others backstage set up their matches and go over things and do this and that, I think that is a phenomenal role for the guy if he can't work right now. If he's still out recuperating and recovering and rehabbing from his multiple neck surgeries, put him to use. Put him to use backstage and make him a producer. We see this all the time where Guys just sit on the sideline and do nothing and nothing and nothing and wait out their contract and this and that. Put them to use. If they can travel, bring them to shows and let them help produce. I don't know if Robbie Roode has any former produ uh, producer um, experience to go off of or whatever. But yeah, I think this is a great, great thing for him. I think he would do great in the role. And I'm all for it 100%. But moving forward, that's all we got for WWE News. Now it's time to talk All Elite Wrestling. 
because we got some injury updates pertaining to a few different AEW wrestlers. Let's pull this up here. This write-up does come from F4W Online from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Uh, injury updates are available for several AEW roster members. Our own Dave Meltzer addresses the status of Brian Danielson, Thunder Rosa, and Jamie Hayter in the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Regarding Danielson, he underwent surgery on 7-3 to repair a broken arm he suffered in the match against Kazuchika Okada at Forbidden Door. He's expected to be out until October, but returning in time for AEW Grand Slam in September is not entirely out of the question. Brian Danielson, uh, Brian Danielson could return possibly within the next couple of weeks. Danielson is not expected to be good to go for all in. But he could be good for the Grand Slam show in September, but most are expecting October. Regarding Jamie Hayter, she isn't expected back until February. Former AEW Women's World Champion has wrestled since Double or Nothing in May. Meltzer writes, The current estimated run return time for Jamie Hayter is February due to various injuries. Although, that's at best a rough estimate. And this goes with what Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful said the other day on the Listen Your Boy podcast with um, Jimmy Van. He was like, yeah, Jamie Hayter is not expected back throughout the rest of the year. And Jimmy was very shocked, like, wait, what? Is it that bad? And Sean said, he's heard some things. It's not for him to say what the injuries are, and he wouldn't say it on air. Uh, Thunder Rosa has actually been training for an in-ring return, but is not expected to be back in time for all-in, Meltzer writes. As of this week, add Thunder Rosa to the list of those who are not expected back in time for Wembley, although she is training for a return. Rosa hasn't wrestled in nearly a year due to injuries to her lower back. Her last match was on an episode of Dark Elevation on 8-10-2022. So there we go. Those are some updates on AEW wrestlers that have been out with injury for a little bit that were hopeful to maybe work all in, but aren't going to work all in. As we move on forward, we did learn this week that the Elite have all signed new contracts with All Elite Wrestling. And we have some pretty interesting updates pertaining to the Young Bucks who may have been given some historic money deals within the world of professional wrestling. Sounds like they're making more money than any other tag team before them. And yeah, that even counts Scott Hall and Kevin Nash when they defected to the WCW. This write-up does come from Ian Carey of F4W Online. It's a kind of like a wrap-up of everything Meltzer put in the Observer this week pertaining to the Elite and their new contracts. Further details regarding the Elite signing new contracts with AEW have become available. Our own Dave Meltzer addressed Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Hangman Page's decision to remain in the company. Interesting, or interest they received from WWE and more in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter. Details regarding the length of the deals is being kept under wraps, Meltzer reports. However, he did mention the, quote, unconfirmed story going around is they are there for four years. So the word going around is that they have signed four-year deals with WWE. Uh, Meltzer writes, there was no specific length of time mentioned on the deals post the term several years and the belief 
is that the agreement was to keep them was to keep the time frame under wraps. The unconfirmed story is four years on the deal. Meltzer continues to say the money offered by AEW was enough that the elite opted to sign early and not wait until WWE would legally be able to negotiate with them. The Young Bucks and Page's deals expire at the end of 2023, their current deals, while Omega's deal was not set to expire until early next year, but was then extended a few months due to his injuries following Full Gear 2021. The better uh, schedule and executive positions for Omega and the Bucks also played a factor in their decisions to sign as well. As previously reported, WWE had significant interest in Omega, stating, No formal offers could have been legally made for months, but Omega was number one on WWE's most wanted list. All four would have been in a great position in an open market, so Khan must have made a strong deal to get them to stay without even strongly playing the WWE card. It is believed that the deals were completed ahead of blood and guts in Boston last month, although that is not confirmed. Agent Barry Bloom represented all four members of the group who made a pact to stick together with only a majority vote, as opposed to a unanimous one needed to decide if they sign with AEW or look at WWE. Um, also reported that the group went back and forth on where they wanted to end up. Meltzer writes, votes changed at times during the discussion based on the emotions of the time, but ultimately all agreed the key. All agreed the key with a strong AEW offer was to accept the offer made at that point. The other key factor being the AEW schedule. And Bloom told the Young Bucks that, as far as he knows, their new deal that they have signed with AEW is the highest guaranteed deal any tag team has ever received in the history of professional wrestling, and that includes the WCW, de the WCW deals of Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Yet, yet, that is not putting into context inflation. So, looking at inflation and what the dollar in 2023 and the dollar in 1997, I think it was when they, they flipped over. I could be wrong. Let me know in the comments below. The dollar then and the dollar now means if, say, Hall and Nash got that same deal in 2023, they could be making more money. But from a just dollar and cents standpoint, the Bucks are making more money than Scott Hall and Kevin Nash got to defect to WCW. Fonzie says 96. Okay, that's, that's what I thought, but I wasn't sure if it was 96 or 97. Uh, Meltzer commented, on the still unresolved backstage issues with the elite and CM Punk stating, even with the signing, there do remain significant behind-the-scenes issues that haven't been settled between them and CM Punk, which keeps Khan having to do a lot of balancing acts. We also do know that the Young Bucks are going to be on Swerve Strickland's Swerve City podcast on Monday, basically talking about everything they can talk about with re-signing and staying with AEW. Swerve did sweet. Full episode Monday. Congratulations to the Young Bucks on re-signing with AEW. But it wasn't as simple a decision as you may think. So they are going to go into details and talk about some things. We don't know exactly all or what. But that is going to be a very must-listen-to, must-watch podcast on Monday. Just to hear exactly what the Young Bucks actually say pertaining to their signing with AEW and staying with the company. 
Now, as far as signing new deals with AEW, we did learn that Evil Uno has signed a new deal with the company, and it has also now been made aware and confirmed that Kip Sabian has also signed a new deal with the company. Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer reports that Kip Sabian has signed a new three-year deal with All Elite Wrestling. Kip Sabian basically confirmed this on August 2nd after Evil Uno said the Dark Order had re-signed. Where's our press release? Kip Sabian then said, sweet, oh yeah, me too. And it has 100% officially been confirmed. Sabian has signed a new three-year deal with AEW. Moving forward, All In is coming up shortly. It's coming up on Sunday, August 27th. We know that it will start at 6 p.m. local time, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. And now, according to the recent Wrestling Observer Newsletter, we know of a few more matches that are being rumored, reported, and discussed for the show. Meltzer writes the following. There was a rumored card out that included FTR versus the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega versus Kenoshi Takeshita, Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho, and the BCC versus Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, and question mark? Now, other matches are being teased as well, like Andrade wanting to face Malachi Black, RVD maybe facing, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe facing Jack Perry for the FTW title, even though that was announced for next week on Dynamite. But yeah, a number of matches are being rumored now. Again, Meltzer states that these are rumored matches. And he's not saying that any of this is confirmed as of yet, but I would assume Tony knows the card, or at least has a card in place that he wants to work towards. Tony Khan did state in an interview ahead of the Dynamite 200 episode that he has, quote, a perfect plan in place for announcing the card. So again, matches that are being rumored, FTR versus the Young Bucks with tag titles on the line, Kenny Omega versus Kenosuke Kakeshita, Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho, and then the BCC, which I assume that means Wheeler Yuta, Claudio, and Moxley against Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, and a third. Who could that third be? Who could that third be? I have no idea. I get Eddie Kingston. I get Orange Cassidy, kind of, because they've teased that over the last two weeks. But who the hell could this third be? Trent? Chuck D? Probably neither of them. Oh, Pac? Pac maybe wants another shot at Claudio? Maybe? I don't know. That's the only other name in my mind that makes a lot of sense. Who that third name can be. I'm going to pose this on Twitter, actually. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send out a tweet really fast. that says, A rumored match for... AEW All In would see the BCC facing Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, and a mystery opponent. Dot, dot, dot. Who do you think the mystery opponent could be. So now I send this tweet and see if I get any responses by the end of the show or not, but we'll see what the fans think. We'll see what the the people have to say about all of this. 
Uh, give me one other second. But let's tweet that out. Yeah, I can't think of who this third member could be at all. I just, I don't know. The only name I can think of is Pac. Uh, Killjoy Army says it could be Ortiz or Santana. Why? What would that make any sense? Last we saw, Ortiz didn't even like Eddie Kingston, so it can't be Ortiz. But speaking of all in, we may know how much it's going to cost us, and it may not cost us as much as we thought to actually watch the show. According to Mike Johnson at PW Insider, he does state, Nick Scott sent word that AEW All-In is being offered at $17.99 in Ireland on Fight. Now, that's an interesting number because when we do the conversion of that in USD dollars, that's $19.85. You round that to $20, maybe they only charge us $20 for All-In. I don't know if that's going to be the case. They haven't given a price point yet. But that would be awesome if we only have to pay 20 to watch All In. Because think about it. We've got All In that weekend. Then the following weekend, we've got All Out. Charge us the 50 for All Out. And then 20 the week before for All In. Heck, charge us 25 for both and we'll be happy. 25 for each, I mean. So, what you're going to... You know, if you only did one show, that's 50 bucks. But you got two shows now that you're going to charge 25 each, maybe? I don't know. But in Ireland, the show's only going to cost, if nothing changes, $17.99. And so hopefully, if we equate that to U.S. dollars and nothing changes here, and that's just like the universal price, 20 bucks. Heck, yeah. Because we got two shows we're going to have to order and watch back-to-back weekends. Yet... If you're resourceful like me, you'll find ends and means and ways to not have to pay for the show. But just saying, watch wrestling.in. With that, as we move forward, before we talk about our final two news stories, let's hear a word from our sponsor. This is Pro Wrestling Loot for the fan and all of us. Pro Wrestling Loot is a curated box of pro wrestling merchandise sent to you every single month at one low cost. Each month, you're going to get a t-shirt, autographs, posters, art, and collectibles. This past month, they sent us the CMLL Welterweight Championship. For our listeners right here, use code PWUNLIMITED at checkout and you will get 20% off your next purchase. Again, head over to ProWrestlingLoot.com and use code PWUNLIMITED at checkout to get 20% off your next order. We got two more news stories here to talk about. The first one has to do with one former WWE superstar who's in a lot of trouble and is going to trial for DUI manslaughter. Former WWE star Sonny, real name Tammy Sitch, is going to be standing trial for DUI manslaughter, among other charges. Sitch was arrested in May of 2022 after a terrific uh, traffic fatality on March 25th, 2022, where 75-year-old Julian La Francis, Francis Lassiter, died after it was believed that Sitch had crashed into him and caused a three-car collision in Ormond Beach, Florida. Sitch's blood alcohol level at the time was deemed to be a 0.280, 
which is three and a half times more the legal limit to operate a motor vehicle. Cinch's nine charges are one count of DUI crashing death, DUI manslaughter. One count of causing death while operating a vehicle with a suspended or revoked driver's license. Four counts of DUI causing injury in causing injury to a person. And three counts of DUI causing damage to property. DUI manslaughter is a second-degree felony in Florida. And if Cinch is convicted, she could face up to 30 years in prison, with a minimum sentence being four. PWInsider.com reports that the trial is slated to begin the week of September 18th, 2023. And will take and will take place over the full week. Jury selection is set for September 15th, and there is a scheduled uh, to be a docket sounding against Cinch on August 16th. More details will come as followed. So yeah, Cammy Cinch could be finally going away for a while. For a while. But as far as things do go here, wrap everything up. We've got our G1 update back on Monday. We got you all the way up to day 10. We've now had day 11. We've had day 12. Let's get talking. So these write-ups do come from Chris Fritz of F4W Online. He gives his recommended matches and the results from the shows. As far as day 11 does go, that was A and B block action. His recommended matches are as followed. Sonata versus Gabe Kidd. I don't think it's a stretch to call Kidd an MVP contender at this point. Outstanding performance after outstanding performance. And this matches no exception. Shota Umino versus Yota Suji. This is their first meeting post-excursion, and it did not disappoint. Now, as far as the results from that night do go, Hikaleya defeated Kido Kiyomiya. Great Okan defeated Yoshihashi. Ren Narita defeated Chase Owens. El Fantasmo defeated Chaichi. Sonata defeated Gabe Kidd. Um, Tengaloa defeated Will Ospreay. Yota Suji defeated Shota Umino. Kazuchika Okada defeated Kenta. Now we'll get into the standings and everything once we talk about uh, Night 12. C and D block action. The recommended matches are Alex Coughlin versus Hir- Hiroshi Tanahashi. This was a simple match that worked excellently in the tournament structure. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tetsuya Naito. Zack Sabre Jr.'s Red Hot 2023 continues with an excellent performance against Naito. Comfortably, the best Naito match in the tournament. Now, as far as the um, action and results do go, Alex Coughlin did defeat Hiroshi Tanahashi. Mikey Nichols defeated Evil. Oriyanu defeated Shane Hayes. Hanare defeated Tomohiro Ishii. Haruki Goto defeated Jeff Cobb. Kamatonga defeated Eddie Kingston. Tsuya Naito defeated Zack Sabre Jr. Shingo Takagi defeated David Finley. So as far as the standings do go, and remember, once we get through all tournament action, the top two in each block will then face off to then go on and face off against the other block winners and this and that. As far as the A block does go, sitting at the top with 12 points at a 6-0 is Sonata. We then got with a 2 Two and two and six points. Shota Umino and Kido Kiyomiya. Also at six points, but sitting at a three and three, Hikaleo. With five points at a two, three, and one, Yorosuji and Gabe Kidd. And rounding it out with a with four points at a two and four is Chase Owens. And four points at a one, three, and two, Ren Narita. Looking at the B block. Sitting at the top with ten points at a five and one, Kazuchika Okada. Eight points with a four and two, 
Will Ospreay. Six points with a 3-3, three and three, Taichi and El Phantasmo and Tangaloa. Uh, with a four points and a 2-4, and four, rounding it out, Yoshihashi, Kenta, and the Great Okan. Moving over to C-Block action. Eight points and a 4-2 and two record. There's a three-way tie right now with David Finley, Evil, and Eddie Kingston. With seven points at a 3-2-1, it's Tamatanga and Shingo Takagi. Four points at a 2-4, Mikey Nichols and Hanare. And rounding out the C block with two points at a 1-5, Tomohiro Ishii. And finally, the D block. There's a three-way tie at the top of the D block. Uh, with the four and two and eight points, Jeff Cobb, Zack Sabre Jr., Tetsuya Naito. Six points sitting at a 3-3, three three, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Haruki Goto. Four points... Actually, yeah, rounding out the, the D block, four points in a two and four, Shane Haste, Alex Coglin, and Toru Yano. So they're doing some stuff here where in the A and B block, it's looking pretty clear who the top are probably going to be. Sonata's going to win the A block, and then I think it's going to end up being maybe Sonata and Kiyomiya. Could be Shota Umino, but I don't think so. I think it could end up being, and I mean, Hikaleo's up there as well, but I don't think Hikaleo makes the finals. Or the semifinals, I mean. I think it might be Sonata and Kiyomiya. Get a run back of that. In the B block right now. Of course, Okada's up at the top with Will Ospreay sitting there at second. I don't really think, like, El Phantasmo or Taichi passes Will Ospreay. Then we have a three-way tie in the C block. Finley, Kingston, Evil. Now, there is a chance... Now, now, they're pushing David Finley really big as the new leader of the Bullet Club and this and that and whatever. I don't think it's going to be evil, but I could see them in his first ever G1 putting Eddie Kingston in that final two spot. And then as we look at the D block, Jeff Cobb, Zack Sabre Jr., and Tetsuya Naito. I can see Zack. And I can even maybe, maybe see Tanahashi go on a run. He's down two points right now. But I can see him go on a run and make it, and then we get Zack versus um, Tanahashi. But maybe we just get Zack and Naito. I mean, they could go Cobb. But for some reason, something I've seen some of these Naito matches. I haven't watched everything. I have not watched the final night, night 12 yet. But I've seen some of these Naito matches, and what they're doing with Naito shows me that they, they might have some plans for Naito. But Zack for sure, because Zack's just been on a tear. And then maybe Naito, maybe Tanahashi. The D block for me is the hardest one to predict where they're at right now, at least. But with that, that is everything we got for this edition of the Wrestling Wrap-Up. I do want to say thank you for joining me here. And remember, we'll be back live tonight following Friday Night SmackDown. As far as tonight's SmackDown does go, at the time of this recording, four things have been announced by WWE. They did state. And actually, let me pull this up on the screen. Uh, why is it not wanting to go? There we go. For reason WW.com did not want to load. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, no, never mind. It's there again. Looked like they had pulled something, but they didn't. So let's pull this up on the screen really fast. We'll talk about everything that has been announced for tonight's Friday Night Smackdown. As far as Smackdown does go, First off, we do know that Jay Uso will be appearing on the show. Remember, Jay does face Roman Reigns tomorrow for the title and the head of the table ship. We do have a match announced. One match only. 
It is Sheamus versus LA Knight. Both men will be in the SummerSlam Battle Royal tomorrow. We then have whatever this is going to be. Paul Heyman presents the history of tribal combat. Now, I don't know if this is just going to be a narrated video package or Heyman in the ring. Speaking of things, I believe it's going to be just Heyman in whatever form it's going to be talking about the history between Jay Roman and everything that happened over the last three years between the two. And then they're stating all three women involved in the triple threat for the women's championship will be on the show tonight as well. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, we'll be back live tonight following Friday Night SmackDown, tomorrow following SummerSlam, and we're going to do it all over again next week. Also, keep an eye out. My review of Heels Season 2, Episode 2 will be out today as well. Great episode, great show. Everybody needs to go watch Heels. With that, guys, have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.